then let's not even talk about the time I got a C in, in biology in high school. What? I almost lost my life. <laughs> lost my life. Like, it was over with. I knew it was over with. For a C. My mom ain't played that at all. At all. I'm like, I think about I, it. I'm like, great. <laughs> And the, the crazy part is, like, you're telling these stories, and I just have a flashback. So I'm like, man, I need a second before I can talk, because, like, uh, I just saw my life through my, 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 my eyes, too. Like, I'm not going to see. It wasn't even in a class. It was conduct. conduct. I had a lot of seeing conduct. I'm Dr. Sharon Dukes. And I'm Melvin Dukes. We're HBC graduates. Proud educators. And most importantly, husband, husband and wife. wife. And you're listening to After School Talk Podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of After School Talk, where I am one of your hosts, Mr. Dukes, and you are... I'm your other co-host. <laughs> what? What the, what the, what the, what the, what the? You the who? I was looking in your eyes, but I missed you. Are we still recording? Yes, we are. <laughs> oh, Man, wait, okay, I'm I'm Mr. Dude, and you are who? I'm Dr. Dude. Bingo, we got through that part, man. Yes. We ain't never messed it up that bad, that was a trip. I, you know, we... Jesus, we... this quarantine is getting to you. <laughs> no. Like, for real. Wait, <laughs> let's be honest. All right. Um, We have a guest on. Okay, we do have a guest And as on. we were prepping to get everything together, <laughs> yeah. we've been cracking jokes for like the last 10 minutes. That's true. And we were talking about how this intro goes, but we weren't expecting to do it like that. Because I was ready. I yeah, ready. I can't tell. I cannot tell. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So when we get into these conversations about toxic parents, just know I got some stories about you. Whatever. Okay. You great. a toxic parent to me. <laughs> Crazy child. Anyways. Okay. So for this episode, we decided that we were going to talk about um, toxic parents or toxic parenting. But um, when we get into it, you're going to see it's not necessarily what you think. So you got to stay tuned, listen to the whole episode, because we're going to get into a lot of aspects of parenting and how we grew up. Um, the guest we have for today went to high school with us. And that is important because the high school we went to was a magnet school. Mm-hmm. The pressure of academics was on 1,000. Absolutely. You did not go to this school to be mediocre. That's not what happened. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, typically, we had different kind of parents. It was a different kind of parent that sent you to the magnet school. Right. So, on for this episode, we have Stephen McCraney. Stephen McCraney in the building. There he is. <laughs> What's going on, man? My boy, <clears throat> you doing all right? I mean, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here. You know, uh, absolutely. I, I begged, I prayed, I sent, I sent donations over to the house. You know, so get on here. I want you to know, I brought my way onto this podcast. <laughs> Okay. Dr. Deuce finally let you in. Finally. He finally let you in. You know, I, had, I had to go get an MBA. You know, the MBA's bringing up right now. I had, a, I had to get a whole degree just to be on the episode. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, thank you so much for being on on today's episode. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, So, Doc, let's go on and get into it. Okay, so, you know, we um, talked about having this conversation about toxic parents or whatever. So, um, I'm going to give you a chance to go first and kind of tell us your family dynamics and um, all that good jazz. Cool. So, like the good doctor said, I've known both of y'all since we were in high school. That's I, mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell people how long that was, but it, it's 
Wow. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to say this. I have a special type of parent situation. I was primarily raised by a single mother. Uh, my mom was okay. married for a couple of years while I was in middle school. Um, that did not work out. Thank the, thank the good Lord. She found another husband who was amazing. But okay. I am a army brat. So I'm a special type of army brat because my mother was the one in the army. And mm. when your mom is in the army, it's different. Like everybody thinks that moms are going to coddle you and, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be there to be soft and loving. And my mom was very loving. I never felt not love, but uh, the other things that fall outside of love, <laughs> she was Here we go. exceptional. <laughs> Let's put it like that. <laughs> we, so my, but I, I have a long line of military in my family. I mean, my biological father was in the Air Force. My mom was in the Army. Both of my stepdads are in the, are in the Army. My grandfather, I have a grandmother that was in the, in the Army. I have an uncle that was in the Navy. So it's just a long generational line of people being in what I deem to be a toxic culture and then bringing that into our family heritage on top of just being Black and that having its own thing to it. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, right. I, I think... Um... Well, my fact, let me let me do this. So we see where he has the background with a military mom, and then we all three are African American. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we all got the black parents, and we'll, we'll get into it in a minute. But Melvin, just talk a little bit about your family dynamics. So how you grew up? Um, so I grew up with um, mom and dad in the house. Um, <clears throat> they what, what's interesting about them is they they both grew up with their biological mother and. Uh, uh, the a stepfather in the house. So you know their whole thing was when we get married or when I get married or whatever, we are going to try our absolute best to stay together. Period. Um, so that was a big thing for them. You know, just to you know stay married, get through the hard times, rough times, and not to say like my mom and daddy went through you know hell and high water and all this kind of stuff. But um, you know they did have their differences every now and then. But um, you know I I I definitely appreciate having both parents in the house. Um, and that's how that's how it was. My dad was in the military too. He did uh Army Reserve actually. Um, so you know I I didn't get the real uh. <laughs> didn't get it Steven style. Yeah, I, I didn't get the, the military Steven Steven style at all. Um, but yeah, that that was that was my household growing up. Okay, okay. So you know, mine's two parent household again. Right. Um, both parents being educators, and then on the other end where my dad was the disciplinarian of the city yeah <laughs> so he being a coach i guess you would say that brought that kind of military style into the house okay and then coming from um i think to having where his mama was a strict disciplinarian like he literally would like use her name as a symbol of authority yeah. <laughs> with his players like he said florine they knew like oh lord jesus he just started talking about his mama mm-hmm. so this, this series so yeah, I think we all grew up in the dynamics of somebody in the house was a disciplinarian. Yeah, and I, and I, let me add too, like my mom, she was definitely the one on top of our heads all the time. Um, you know, she the one, she was the educator in the house. She was a math teacher for I don't know how many years. Um, so her, yeah, forever and a day seemed like. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she was she was definitely the one that 
was like, no, you got to have it top notch from day one. I ain't selling for nothing else. <clears throat> Excuse me. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> well, okay. well, I don't know. He got that wrong. Let's man. give Melvin a second to breathe. So, um, <laughs> so, no way. The, the thing that people might not understand, I mean, we, we're going to laugh all throughout this podcast, but like even our parents are like interconnected into our lives. So as Melvin was saying, his mom was a math teacher. She taught at high school. Yeah. So I know Melvin's mom. I have a small relationship with her. Sharon's dad taught at the college that my mom went to. So my mom yeah, and yeah, yeah. Sharon's dad, or Dr. Deuce's dad, as Coach Sprout. Uh-huh. You know, so like all right. our parents are still, like we have a very intertwined relationship even with the way our parents like were, were taught and the things that they push down onto all three of us. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And then I think when you tie that <laughs> in to what is already black cultural norms and parenting, <laughs> where uh, I just heard Kevin say say this other day. When certain things aren't so normal to you, when you hear another kid has not experienced that, it doesn't make sense. So if you hear a kid say, "Oh, I never got a whooping, or I never got a spanking," how crazy? Hey, you, right, and you looking like, "What do you mean by that?" <laughs> never, <laughs> never. You ain't even get Are like punched serious? in the chest or nothing. Nothing. Nothing happened. <laughs> and I know, like for me, like I, I just, I believe that there were norms in the black household, and my parents just new to pass down like that's 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 what my grandma said that's what whoever mama said so that's what we're gonna pass down right. so even things like um being able to spend a night on anybody's house you couldn't do that they had to know their parent um been around them been to the house uh there was gonna be a certain even if as a guy older a certain time you can go out certain time you can come back in mm-hmm. everybody can't come to your house um, the rules when we go into the store, don't touch nothing, don't ask for nothing, don't look at nothing, mm-hmm. don't hit me with the buggy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's an interrogation before you go to somebody's house. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, most definitely. Like, most definitely. I think, if I can think about it, in my whole life, I probably had three sleepovers. And two of them were other military parents, so that's why my mom was okay with it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> she, had, she had to vet them before I could go stay the night at their house. Yeah, yes, and yeah, I, they was the exact same thing in my household, exact same, and it's funny, because you, you said, we probably had about three, my whole entire life, life too, but like you said, it the, the parents, my, my parents knew them from church, mm-hmm. or, and the other time was, it was just the, the cousins getting together, and it was like, yeah, it was just the relatives coming over to the house, so other than that, it was like, nope, you ain't, you ain't going over there, they ain't coming over there, right. ain't none of that. <laughs> Like, you had a better chance of them coming over to your house than you could go over there. Like, who is it? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, you can't go over there. Ask his mama if he can yep. come over here, though. Uh-huh. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think growing up, I could not understand some of the restrictions. Uh-huh. And so, once you get older, and I think just in general, 2019, maybe 2018-ish, the word toxic just got thrown around everywhere. Everything toxic. Everything toxic. And so we get into this idea of like a toxic parent. And I think that we've kind of seen this idea in film and television. Um, group of friends, we were just talking about this, where the whole issue with the Clark sisters moving. So, and I know um, I'm about to throw this joke out here. Um, Stephen the heathen, so he, don't, he probably don't know about no God. <laughs> like he like the Clark, Clark sisters? Who is oh, that? Went to school wow, with us? Who, who are they? <laughs> Like, what class they was in? Wow, what I know is who it is. Clark? Was she in our class? <laughs> <laughs> like, 
But I'm going to tell you, like, I didn't know anything about the Clark sisters' mother, Maddie Moss. So when we talked on the past episode with Janiqua about the, the mother being like this, this disciplinarian who is very similar to um, Joe Jackson. Joe Jackson, okay, yeah, Michael Jackson. Dad. Right, mm-hmm. where it's this idea that you have to do what I tell you to do. Yeah. Because what I, if you don't do what I tell you to do, that's how you are gonna get in trouble. Absolutely. And there's a, it, it's, it's there is zero tolerance in the black family for defiance. Right. And and that I, that's definitely the vibe that I got from the jump and watching the the uh, Clark sisters uh, movie or documentary or whatever. Um, that she was just like Joe Jackson with with everything. Like this is how it's gonna go. This I'm laid out for you. You follow my rules. It's my way or the highway. You know, get the hell on if, if you ain't doing it right. Um, but you you are absolutely right. She was the Joe Jackson of of the the Clark family. And then when we look at what Joe Jackson was, that's a is that toxic? That's a good question. Is it toxic? Because from the outside looking in, it's like, man, you you look hard on your kids. But you know he might have a vision that goes a lot further, a lot deeper than anybody anybody can imagine. Amazing. So. And then, you know, in the end, it all paid out because we all know who the Clarkses are. We all know who Michael Jackson is. Like, was it, what? like you said, was it really toxic, though? But see, that's that's where I look at it. I'm like, man, it's a fine line because just because you did these things, did that make me, like, I can, you can still, like, proceed and become something good out of a bad situation. That doesn't mean all yeah. the bad things helped you. You know, like, maybe I could have been better. Maybe I could have been this. Like, maybe it's it just so many things that go into who you are, so many variables. Yeah. It's difficult yeah. to say that, oh, look, you still came came out well through the situation. But, yeah, there's about 15 people that were in a similar situation, and they're not yeah. doing as good as me. Like, what, what happened? Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, it's, it's tough because you look at your parents and you look at the things that you were taught and I look at it as you want life to get better, like every generation to step up a little bit better. And just because your grandmother did it or your great grandmother did it doesn't mean that we got to go back to it. Like, I don't ever I don't want to do sharecropping. Like, I'm not that was better than right. slavery. Yeah. You know, but yeah. it was still, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It was still horrible. You know, so you always want to learn. And I, and I think like when we call it toxic, like people like it becomes such a negative. And it's like, no, that's just the honesty of the situation, like some of the stuff that was, that was toxic. So it is, it's an interesting conversation. Cause this is a conversation that me and Dr. Deuce had, I think a couple of weeks ago about just, you know, communication and part of my MBA. So I, I, I'm, I since I got to call you Dr. Deuce, I'm going to get, I'm going to get on my MBA grind here. So <laughs> <laughs> part, part of my, let me put my glasses on part of my MBA. You know, um, <laughs> Was they had a concentration in healthcare leadership with a heavy uh, emphasis on the healthcare and the leadership part, Melvin. You know what I mean? So, so there's a lot of like when you talk about leadership, a lot of it's communication, a lot of it's like being able to talk to people. And one of the stats I'll never forget, we did a we did a class and it talked about like what part of communication do people actually receive? So, you know. 55% of communication is nonverbal. 38% of conversation is tone. That only leaves for people who ain't that good at math 7% for the actual words that you're saying. So when you talk about toxicity, people never remember what you say. Like 
we could pause the podcast right here and I can ask you what I said about three minutes ago and you would say something similar, but it wouldn't be what I said, you know? <laughs> like, so yeah. you have to remember like when people are, when you're talking to children, especially, and that's the thing I think we forget. We're talking about a parent to child relationship and them, they really looking at you, at you as some type of like hero or mentor. So when you start doing negative things, those negative things feed into them. And that's, guess what? That's what comes back out too. You know, like y'all are teachers, oh, yeah. so y'all know all the all, all the people who are out here teaching jerks. <laughs> like y'all, they go to school and they're just little jerks yeah. because you know what? At home, that's how they're being. That's what they're seeing. That's what they're was being said to them, or that's what they're hearing being said to other people. So they're just kind of being little. What they got at, at the house? Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. That is so crazy because <clears throat> it takes me back to I remember Melvin had a student one time. Um, uh, who constantly cursed in class? Like she constantly, and he would toss her straight out of the classroom. Like get out, get out, get out! <laughs> like every time she would pop off and say a cuss word. So, uh, but eventually she got into some issues with a different teacher, and her mother had to come up to the school because of whatever that issue was with the other teacher. And I can remember from my office to the front office hearing that mother cuss her out and everybody said oh that's what she did yeah, it now from. it makes sense yeah. <laughs> it made sense why her first now reaction is to go off and do that because the mom literally walked in the door doing this like you ma'am you don't know who listening like or or what the situation really is like we just want to bring you in to talk but they gonna like you say imitate what they see and what they're accustomed to in their experiences absolutely and the crazy part is so many people see these things and they don't the actual people in the situation, it's like when something's happening, you don't see anybody around you. So story time here, because I got plenty of stories on, on Dr. Dukes and <laughs> Mr. Melvin here. Uh, <laughs> story time. Me and, 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 doc, and the good doctor, we, we had an altercation one time in school, which got me suspended <laughs> for a day. Now, I had a mother that a lot of people knew. I think my mom, yeah, my mom did substitute at the school for a little while. My mom was a substitute teacher for a little while when she got out the army because you know, lots of things were happening. And uh-huh. so when I got sent to the principal's office, she was like, she told me, she was like, listen, I had to suspend you. And I was like, well, you got to call my mom. And she was like, yes. And I had to call your mother. <laughs> but she said, <laughs> I'm just going to tell her that this is just a precaution my mom. and that she's not, and I'm not going to like tell her anything or tell her exactly what happened. She's going to say that you had to go home today. So, I got sent home. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I look like I pressed mute. I hope y'all can cut that out. So, <laughs> I'm going to go back from my got sent home. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give like a three-second pause so y'all can have time to cut this out. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> love it. Love it. <laughs> so, I got sent home. When my mom came to pick me up, I was scared to death. <laughs> Who was our principal then? Was it Dr. Gandhi? Dr. Gandhi? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Dr. Gandhi literally walked me out to the car with my mom because she knew my mom. <laughs> and she told my mom, it's okay. He's not in trouble. He just has to go home today. Like, because she knew my mom was going to kill me. <laughs> He's not going to make it back no. to the school. She, she is scared. not going to make it back. She was scared for me. Because she knew my mom. <laughs> so she made sure to couch this in. It's okay. He didn't really do anything. 
we're just, you know, I just think it'd be good if he had a half a day at the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then my mom, I got in the car. She asked me what happened. I told her what happened. I just told the truth because I didn't have time for lies at that point. Like, I had my lying yeah. phase when I was like 10. By the time I got like 13, I was like, there's no need to lie no more. So I told her the truth. And I really think because I told her the truth, we went straight to Red Lobster after that. And we never talked about it again. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. But what was it about your mother that made the principal say, I need to walk him out here? Like you said, she knew her, but what did she know about her? I don't know what she knew about her. (laughs) I knew what I knew. (laughs) (laughs) She might have saw your face. I can tell by his face. She sensed it. That I need to help him. (laughs) Let me be a mediator. This this young man needs help. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it was. She knew your mama. She knew your face. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! You know, most kids get suspended. Like, are they trying to argue? I didn't argue with her. The only question I ask is, do you have to call my mom? That's only that was right, everything right. I said in the office the whole time. Do you have yeah. to call my mom? And she was like, "Yes." And I was like, I, "And I'm about to suck down." Like, "Oh no, <laughs> please, <laughs> please wow. don't." Wow, wow, wow! Oh my goodness. So, is, uh, would you say that you had a a fear of your mother? Oh yes, yes, I had. <laughs> yeah. I had a great fear of my mom, which, which for the most part, there's nothing wrong with fear. The problem is, as you get older that fear should subside a little bit and it should become some type of different relationship. The problem is people always like, oh, you know, that was that good, that, that, that argument about leadership. Do you want them to fear you or do you want them to love you? And you want a little bit of both, but you don't want, you never want fear to be a primary like motivator, motivator for why people are, will or won't do something. Because at some point right. you're going to fight back from fear. Like oh, if yeah. you look at all the movies, anything that's ever happened in history, people who were afraid of their leader or their captor, they revolted. And at some point, yep, I was going to revolt. Point. Like that's kind of what happened when I went to college. Like I, I left for college and I was gone. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Speaking of college, shout, so- shout out to HU, shout out to Howard. You know, while we while we're on yes. here, you know, got to shout out to Come on, HBCU grads. Nothing yes, wrong with yes, that. Yes, yes. <clears throat> Nothing wrong with that. Tell you now, I don't know where Shayla thinks she's going, but I know where she's going. <laughs> First stop, HBCU. <laughs> figure it out. But it's crazy because I think that's the fine line with parenting there should be a healthy amount of fear. Like, I always worried about my students who, if we said, we're going to have to call your mom, they gave you to look like, and? I don't care, call her. So what? Or the, or the dad. And you're looking like, so you're not even, like, even if it's, if it's not a fear of, um, oh, goodness. You know, like a fear like they're going to they gonna hurt me. They're going to physically harm me. But a fear of, like, I don't want to disappoint them. Mm. That's the that's the part where I was like, if you don't have nobody in your life that you want to make proud or or um, see you do well, then that kind of gets where it's like, okay, see, I don't know how this parenting is going in your house. Yeah, fear of disappointment is even stronger than like fear of bodily harm because at some point you can get over somebody hitting you, you know. But yeah. when you look at it and you're like, oh man, like well, my mom's gonna be like heartbroken, like because she's doing everything she can to provide for me, and now I'm letting her down. That really hurts more than oh, I'm gonna go home and get a whooping. But when you get both of them, like she's disappointed and you're gonna get a whooping, I mean that's a good combo too. Like that that works. Listen. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They hit you. What Melvin, what's the line? Um This gonna hurt me more than it hurt you. 
And and it's funny because when you were younger and you heard that, it was one thing. Like, no, I'm pretty much feeling this pain, and I I get that this <laughs> this is killing me. But then you get you get <laughs> older. <laughs> when we were younger, it's like I don't think you understand, Mama, what you're saying. Like you you're making no sense right now at all. I don't, I don't know where you got this from, but it ain't making sense. But then you know you get older, and you, and like you just said, you realize that that emotional hurt. That you you put on your parents when you you know you when you're doing something wrong, that it, it really does get to you. It really does get to you. Yeah. And and like you say, you you definitely want that healthy balance between the two. Um, you know, fear fear of, of disappointing your parents and and just being scared of them. Period. Just not knowing what they're gonna do to you when they what find out do? about some of the things you've done. But definitely want that healthy balance. I, I definitely agree to that for sure. Yeah, because like so, my biological father. I mean, I spent a little bit of time with him. He was in D.C. when I was in school. And he never once yelled at me. So you're talking about I go from opposite ends of the spectrum where my mom pretty much yelled at me for every little thing, just yelled at me for saying hello, you know, and versus then my biological dad who's never raised his voice. But I tell you what, the first time he yells at me, he going to get my attention. Like, I'm going to yeah. be like, oh, yeah, what's, what's this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Dad would be my mama. I remember my mom is so, you know, cool, calm, collected for the most part and never really gets angry. Did I remember she was upset um, on the job one time and she got loud and it was like everybody looked like what? And I and I was just up at the school, like helping out with something. But it was because I'm I'm always so compassionate and caring that when I when I say what I got to say, oh, you gonna stop and listen because this is, I'm not, you know. So you got some parents that just bark. We've seen that before in the yeah, school system. You come up here yelling every time, yeah, and your child is getting in happen. trouble. Yeah, it, it's just it's all bark. It's not a um, oh goodness, a means to an end. Yeah, it's just to make you yourself feel better, make you look good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, now, I now I got to ask this question um, because I want to. I do want to get into some examples of really being a toxic parent. Um, two things we can see from the examples of Joe Clark, and Maddie Moss, that sometimes the parents are really um, parenting out of the necessity for you to do well. Like your mom knew. Okay, all our parents, especially going to Eric Johnson, it was like. I'm sending you to this school because it will give you a better chance academically. Right. And if you get a better chance academically, you're going to have a better chance career-wise. So it's this strong push. Yeah. And um, Brian wrote an article about it. First of all, um, shout out to Brian Murray, our friend who writes, uh, it's iconictrash.wordpress.com. But y'all, the name of the article, because he's so crazy, is, and he literally put, this a long title, but (laughs) anyway... It's called Your Mama, Your Daddy, and Your Toxic Bald Head Granny. <laughs> Generational Toxicity in the Black Family. Um, but one thing he says in particular in the article is... I had to scroll up to see the um, the name. He said, there weren't any parents in classes or a Yonla slash Dr. Feel Like figures to teach our four parents how to raise children in a manner that would make them successful and make the kids feel all warm and fuzzy at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um that's how I felt that some parents operate in. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's no in between. Either I'm the warm fuzzy or I'm the one that's hard on you. Like, no, you have to get this done. You have to get this GPA. You have to clean up your room. And, and in the slightest way that you don't do it, it's an example of you're not following the plan so that you can do what I see you being able to do in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, definitely with us, us growing up, like you just said, um, 
our parents were definitely that parent of, you know, you got to get, you know, you got to get these grades. Ain't no ifs, ands, buts about it. I remember growing up, um, my first, my first B was, what was it, fifth grade? And then it was in math or something like that. And my mama was going ape, you know what, on me, like, <laughs> all my friends were like, bro, you got to be. It's cool. It's, it's great. Uh-uh. And I remember my mama even going, this was uh, when she taught at another high school, Um, her uh, her student was even like, you know, Miss Dude, what's up? Like, if, if I came home with the kind of report card your son came home with, I'd be getting a car right now. But yeah. to my mom, I was like, no, we ain't selling for, for nothing less than an A, period. Mm-hmm. And then let's not even talk about the time I got a C in, in biology in high school. What? But I almost lost my life. <laughs> lost my <laughs> life. Like, it was over with. I knew it was over with for a C. My mom ain't played that at all. At all. I think about it. I'm like, great. And the the crazy part is, like, you're telling these stories, and I just have a flashback. So I'm like, man, I need a second before I can talk because, like, uh, I just saw my life through my my eyes, too. Like, I'm see, it wasn't even in a class. It was conduct. I had had the same conduct. And so here's the thing. I probably would have been able to survive a C in a class, but you're talking about military mom. No, no, no. Conduct means yeah. that you're out of order. That you just yes, been up. yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. And to my to my mom, it's like that's worse than you know getting a C in a in a class. Your your, your conduct. So you out here making me look bad? Yes. Are you serious right now? <laughs> yes, that's absolutely. And yep. and it's tough because like when you're a kid, you don't understand it, and it feels super toxic when you're a kid. But when you get older, then you start trying to understand it. And the thing that I kind of read when I read this article, I took a lot of things from it that I kind of agreed and disagreed with. But the biggest thing is expectation setting. So people talk about like, especially in the military, that kids crave structure and discipline. I never one day in my life craved discipline. Like, let me tell you, like, I never been like, you know what? I wish somebody came and put me in my place. Never. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> what, what, what people do, and I think this is not even kids, everyone, what they crave is expectation setting. So yeah. if you yeah. tell me, hey, if you want to go outside and play, you have to get good grades. You have to clean your room. You have to do the dishes, clean the bathroom. These are the expectations before you can go outside and do anything or go do what you want to consider fun. Then guess what? I'm going to wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning, watch cartoons, eat my cereal, then do my chores, and I'm out by 9 because I knew what the expectations were. Like, I did what I was supposed to do. Now it's time for you to hold up to your end of the bargain. And when people do that, that creates a structure for you. And so you know what life – that's what life is. It's just – you need to be able to have structures. Now, some structures are looser yeah. than others, but the problem with toxicity is when it creates a beautiful structure on top of a weak foundation. You know, mm-hmm. so it looks like oh, you got it all together, but on the inside, because of like how somebody's been talking to you, like your belief in yourself, like you see people all the time, you're like oh man, they got it all together. But if you actually know that person, they got issues just like you and me. Like their life ain't all great. <laughs> you know, they can tell you the none of problems they got. You know, so yeah. a, a lot of yeah. what you put into something, it goes, it stays in there. Especially your parents, like the person that raised you, the, the your major influence in life. Though that's your foundation. Those are the things that stick to you. 
And if, if any of that stuff is toxic, it doesn't matter if you still came out a good person. Like those toxic elements are still in you and you may not realize when they're coming out. So perfect example, I'm married. I've been married for a year now. Uh, we just celebrated our one year anniversary. I wasn't, there was a point where I went, I wasn't sure if we were going to make it just because I had a lot of toxic things inside of me, in which we, we went to, we went to counseling, the pre-marriage counseling, and our counselor calls it childhood wounds. So everybody has childhood wounds. I was about wounds. to say, from your childhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because, and this is for everybody. You can have the best life ever, and you're still going to have a childhood wound because they're just something. No matter, your parents could try to coddle you, be super nice, never yell at you, and then when something bad happens, you could blame them and be like, well, y'all never gave me structure. Or y'all never gave me discipline. So no matter how you're taught, you're going to have some issue. Don't worry about it. Everybody has one. It's okay to talk about mm-hmm. it. Um, but for, mm-hmm. for me, it was yelling. So I would just yell about every little thing. I would just lose my mind. Like, why'd you do this? Why? I'm like going crazy. That's because that's how I grew up. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was yelled at about every little thing. So that's how I contributed love. Like, hey, I'm yelling at you because I love you. Like, I wouldn't be yelling at this other chick. I don't care what she do. Like, but I'm yelling at you. <laughs> you know? I'm yelling at you. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I care about what you're doing. Like, because what you're doing affects me. Like, I'm with you. But that's not the way that she wanted to be loved. And so when I read this article and it's talking about, you know, throwing away people. Now, throw away might be a little, a little too much. Throw away might be that that might be toxic. Like, hey, I'm throwing this person away. But you do sometimes need to separate yourself and demand and set requirements for what your what your interaction and what your love is. Like you you shouldn't just be able to take when you're a child, that's fine. Like let children like I, I'm I'm kind of a jerk. I think kids are stupid, you know. So, so. <laughs> oh wow. I, I don't, that's one way to put it. I don't have a kid. So I'm and I'm like, hey, there's a there's a reason, like there's a reason why your parents have to be hard on you sometimes because and y'all are parents, so y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. But you're so I'm not gonna say scared, but you're worried. Like there's always a worry, like, hey, if I don't if I don't get our daughter to do this. You know, when we're not around, she might do this and get herself hurt. Like, you're always worried about Absolutely. what could happen. And so I understand you having to put those structures and barriers so that when they're children, they understand it. But, like, as you get older, you have to – and this is just my opinion. I don't have a kid. Like, and just like – what's his name? Marcus? Is that his name? Oh, uh, Brian. 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 Sorry, sorry, Brian. Excuse me. Brian. <laughs> just, just like Brian He's said – <laughs> just like Brian said, you know, you you just there are some things that feel toxic and you just can't throw them away. Like you, some of those toxic elements may actually not be toxic and they're building character in you, but some of them are pretty toxic and they're leaving they're leaving long lasting impressions that you're not, you don't know when they come out. They just may come out. Mm-hmm. And see that okay, so that goes along with the idea where I was like. At some point, you start to establish your own identity, right? Which is what we see in these black films. We see where Michael's starting to, okay, I like playing with animals. I don't like singing all the time. We see with the Clark sisters. I want to wear pants. I don't want to wear a skirt all the time. But your parents have instilled, like, this game plan, right? Mm -hmm. And I always see where even if you are, one of the hardest things to do, it's easier to, I think, distance yourself from toxic behavior of a friend or a classmate but your parent it is per it is perceived as defiance Hmm. so if i say to you like i i'm i'm old enough where you don't have to yell at me just tell me x y and z or i say to you 
I don't really. I know we we've, we've been growing up doing this every Saturday, but I don't really want to do that. No oh, more. Yeah. <laughs> like that's yeah. kind of, like <laughs> black, especially the black family. I feel like they take it as oh, so you know more than me now. Oh, so you you and it's like I can I not have I. I'm just voicing my opinion. I'm just, about an opinion, like yeah. having an opinion to yeah. your parents is like a death wish, mm-hmm. and that is so annoying. That is it's like I I can have an opinion like you if you raise me to be academically successful that means i have learned things and so i can develop my opinion on my experiences yes and that's so tough because and i'm gonna be i'm gonna be probably a little sexist at this point so i'm sorry dr deuce i just feel like our parents especially as as men our 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 men our males growing up like our everything's taught to you like hey one day you're gonna have to lead something you're gonna have to lead your family you're gonna have to lead a group like I need, I'm instilling all these values into you for you to be some type of leader of something. And you get to that point where it's like, okay, this is why like a lot of, and I know, I don't know about Melvin, but I know in high school, this is kind of, you start testing the boundaries. Like you really pushing it with your mom and you lucky that your mom ain't as strong as you are. Cause she probably would have snapped your neck a couple of times. <laughs> like Ben did it. Yeah. So I would have been murked your boy. <laughs> you, you start trying to like assert some type of like, Male dominance or privilege, probably privilege yeah. in a sense. Like, hey, I'm a, I'm a man now. Like, you're not a man. Like, first of all, let's let's be honest. You're 16. Yeah. You're nothing close to a man. <laughs> you know, absolutely, absolutely right. But, but, but in in old folks' turn, you're starting to smell yourself just a little bit. Yes. and I'm testing the water. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and absolutely. I, I say that because you you have to you do have to learn. Like men, women, everybody has to learn. Have to learn for life. You could tell me everything. But I still have to go out there and experience it. And part of me, like, having opinions, having ideas, it does feel defiant because guess what? When somebody's taking care of you, you don't really they don't really want to hear what you got to say. Like, when I'm paying all your bills, I'm putting clothes on your back. Like, I'm feeding you. I'm giving you all this. Your life is based on my ability to provide it for you. No, I really don't care what you have to say. Yep. yep, yep. What you, <laughs> you think know? does not matter. It, it absolutely does not matter. But you, there should be a space in there for you to be able to say, like, ha- state your opinion. And yes, I appreciate right. your opinion. We're still about to do it my way. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if I know, if I know the way you want to do it may cause problems or harm, like, let's have a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. But um, not to, and I'm going to tell you, like, so basic to where I've seen parents treat something as defiant. And I've told Melvin this story. I can remember when I was little, um, on the way to school one day, my dad had like this new lotion, and he was like, "Try this lotion." And I was like, "Oh, okay." So I put it on my hands, like just right, like we about to get in the car, and he was like, you "Like it?" And I was like, "No, nah, it's not as good as the other lotion." See, you always think you know what lotion <laughs> and what things are, and I was like, "Bruh, what? lotion, Bruh, it's I, lotion." I don't like the lotion. That's like, all I just, to it. I don't There's like. No you know, it's just like growing up and saying like, "I don't eat something." Oh no, 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 no! Like your parents look at you. No, you gonna eat it because I cooked it. Mm. But why? But if I don't like it, I mean, why does? Why do I have to like it? Right. <laughs> that doesn't. That doesn't equal to. Oh, that doesn't. That doesn't mean I'm being defiant. Right. That mm. that is my issue. Yes. Like. Plus, the other thing, when you get older, like, the, so let's take this. Let's just leave this conversation at an adult to adult interaction. You know, um, I, I go, I'm going to go back into the NBA bag for a second here. Let me let me put the glasses back on. <laughs> so. All right. In any communication or any interaction channel, there's generally three people, you know, so there's different types of there's different type of uh, communication or relationship triangles. The biggest one that we like to talk about is 
adult, adult, child, and parent. And, you know, you want to have adult-to-adult interaction with people that treats them on your level. So when I'm saying something to you, especially as an actual adult, like, you know, I'm 33 years old. My mom is a grown woman. I'm not going to put my mom up there like that. Um, <laughs> when I when I yeah when I say something to her, it's not me trying to like tell her what to do. It's like, hey, this is I'm grown now. This is what I'm going to do. This has nothing to do with me challenging you. This has nothing to do with you being wrong or right. But this is my decision because I'm the one that had to suffer the consequences. You know, yeah. like and I and I feel that same way at work. Like when we make decisions at work. The person that's going to have to talk to the president, the person that's going to have to answer to whoever's going to come in here and look and like, who made the decision? That's the person that generally gets the last word. Now, if they say, hey, we're going to go with yeah. your plan, I'm, I'm, thank you. Let's go with my plan. But they know that because they're fine with taking on any of the negative consequences that come. So yeah. when we have these interactions, it's like, hey, I, I appreciate you. I, I, I thank you for thank you for the, the extra advice. Thank you for telling me what you think. I'm going to digest that, but I'm still making my decision the way that I, I see fit for my life. And I just think when, when your parents look at you, they don't see, they don't see the 33 year old you, you know, they see, they see your three year old you. And that's tough. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. tough to get by that. Yes. That is. I was about to say something. No, I, I was about to say, I, I, and I think even even when I'm thinking about my mom, um, it wasn't until you know recently, and I, when I say recent, I mean uh, when we had our daughter, um, and our daughter is six, and I think it wasn't until after it was after she was born that my mom started to realize, you know what, you are grown, mm-hmm. you do have your own family, you do have a wife, you do have a kid now, you do make your own decision, mm-hmm. and, and it's no longer about you know, what I want as your mom is no longer about what I want you to do and what I see you doing and all this kind of stuff. You absolutely do make your own decisions. And if you say something back to me, I, I kind of got to accept it and, and then move on. Um, mm-hmm. But you're absolutely right. Like, it, it goes even into your adulthood, you know, parents can still look at you like, no, I pretty much still control you. <laughs> you know? yeah. And you sitting there like, I'm a grown man, like, for real. I'm grown, grown, like, for real, for real. Don't play with me like this no more. I ain't no child no more, man. Like, I ain't finna hit you, but, hey, bro, don't talk to me like <laughs> So, you know, you got you got to kind of take a step back and, and kind of help the parent, like, all right, you know, mom, dad, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man now. I'm making my own decisions. You know, let's move, mm-hmm. let's move in that direction. Let's part- move in that direction. And part of that is actually part of being grown is being able to step back and say, you know what? I'm not going to argue with you. That's on you. I'm going to go do me. And that that's part of the cutting off. Like you don't have to completely cut ties of people out because they still are your family. That's still your mother. That's still your father. But now I get to set the table for the interaction. If my mom calls me and I don't feel like talking, I don't have to answer the phone. The phone, the phone works when I want the phone to work. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the phone yeah. don't, just because yeah, yeah. you call me doesn't mean I have to answer. I'm not. Re- that's not how the phone works. I'm not required. It doesn't say you must answer this phone. No, it doesn't. It says, "Hey, yeah. this person would like to speak to you." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You that know? is. I I need to write it down. You set the table for the interaction. Yes. Do you hear me? Mm-hmm. That is huge. That yep. is huge. It's so many students I've had who I knew were not in the best environment. 
and I just wanted them to get away and go to college so they could get to an empowerment point to do that. Yeah. Whereas mom called or dad or whoever with the foolishness, they knew how to go, oh, okay, well. Right. You don't have to respond. Yeah, you don't have to respond. You don't have to respond. Yeah. Because your energy is valuable. So we're, we're going to go back. We're going to go back even further than the NBA. Melvin, let's go back to, to principles of physics. What, what, what is the, okay. the first law of thermodynamics? Oh, that's, um, you can call me out now. <laughs> okay, I'll make it even easier. What's the law of conservation? Conservation of energy. Call me out again. <laughs> first, look, look I, wait, I got to say this. <laughs> introvert and extroverts that's not about like oh this person likes to talk or this person likes to be around people no it's about how you gather energy and how you lose energy because everything is based on energy so if i look at my phone i'm like oh no this is a high value this this person takes a lot of energy out of me i i don't have it right now i'm gonna put the phone back down because i don't want to give that person that energy like i only got so much left yeah. like you know yeah. everybody's yeah. like a battery like, everybody's a battery. Like, some people give off energy. So, like, there's some people, like, Sharon's dad. Sharon's dad come in the room, and he's giving off energy. He's he's lighting everybody up. Like, he's going to say something to yeah, you. Right. He's going to rub your ear. Like, he ain't walking out the room without mm-hmm. talking to you. Like, everybody, there could yeah. be 15 people in the room. He's going to talk to 15 people. He got that type. He got, yeah. he got a, a plane battery. He got a nuclear reactor in his in his heart. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <you know>? yeah. <laughs> And, and some people don't, they only get so much energy. Like you can't, you just can't let people take, take all your energy. You have to decide, okay, I have the energy right now to go talk to this toxic person. And once they get to a point where you're like, you know what? I don't really want to hear this. Or they're just draining me. Right. You can stop and say, you, you know what? I had enough. Right. You know, if that's your cousin. That's your mom. It's like, Hey, I'll call you back later. Love you. Talk to you later. Bye. Like it doesn't, you don't have to sit there and take in that negative energy and you don't have to be a part of the situation. You don't have to be an audience for that. Jesus, <laughs> that is so good. <laughs> I'm about to flip the table. I don't think people realize that that is how you can handle family members who give off that that energy or who or who, or who take from you, take the energy from you. The idea, like he said, of just throwing it away—not necessarily throwing away, but understanding—I can't take all that on. That's like um. If I'm having something that I'm dealing with and I'm feeling really heavy about something, if if I'm going to call my friend to vent, one thing I'm trying to work on is, are you emotionally available or in a space where I can vent to you? Yes. Because you can throw all of this energy on somebody else and they already have the weight yeah, they on already, them. Yeah, they already mm-hmm. messed up about something. Right. So you're looking like, here you come. Because I think about that with teenagers. Um, it was oftentimes growing up that my parents would think I was being moody or she don't want she don't want to talk, you know, she don't want to talk to nobody. But it's like I you don't I I just wanna sit here mm-hmm. <laughs> and just be in peace and it's it's because of my energy right now and I'm just yes. I'm just 
I'm, I'm no, no beef with you. No, no problem. If you got, if it's something you need me to do, I go do it. But sometimes I just want to be by myself. Yes. Like the people I'm really close with, they know, like, if I say, like, we'll, we'll talk about things. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. It usually stops there. Like there's never, I, I've never been that person that has had to worry about peer pressure or people trying to like convince me because I know what's going to drain my energy and not drain my energy. So, Hey, we want to go out here and go to this event. that's going to have 2000 people Ooh, on a work day. No, that's not about to happen. I can't do it. I, I don't have the energy yeah. <laughs> to be around 2000 people. I need to go home and yeah. sit and watch TV and talk to my wife or just listen to some music because I need to, I need to recharge, you know? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. One thing that he said at the end that I really want to talk about was he said that love was the foundation of it all. I I came from a very my mom is as strict and as hard as she was on me. I never there was never a day that I didn't feel that she loved me. Now did I think she liked me? No. I did not think my mom loved me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand this boy. I mean I love him to death, but yeah. I can't stand this boy. <laughs> But she told me she loved me all the time. I felt love. There was never a time where I didn't feel love. So I'm going to give her all the credit in the world and then some for feeling love. But that's not every person or child's reality. You know, like yeah. love, people always say, that, oh, that's your mom. They love you. And that's not true. There's, just, there's a lot of people who shouldn't be parents. Just because you had a child yeah. don't, mean, don't mean that you want to be a parent or yep. that you even yep. know how to love someone because the way right. you were loved was not loving. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Absolutely right. And the other thing yeah. you should have to realize is everybody needs love in a different way. You know, when you talk about the five love love languages, that's people should really read that book because it's not just about like trying to be in a relationship. It's about understanding that just because this is the way I want to be loved doesn't mean when I try to love my wife that way, she's gonna she's gonna like that. I love gifts. Right. If you buy me gifts, that means you love me and I like you. Like I appreciate it. Thank you. Like I'll I'll <laughs> take that. Yes, I want it. <laughs> But my wife doesn't want gifts. Like I would buy her gifts, and she and I would see her just like put them to the side, and she'd be she'd be thankful. But I'd be like, hold up, what, what's going on here? Like you don't love me because yeah. you didn't because that's how I saw love. Like you didn't accept my gift. Yeah, that that means you don't love me because you didn't love the gift. It's a bad transfer. It's it's a bad transfer. You know. It's a, <laughs> so and you know they even have that now for parents for you to understand your your love language with your child because. Like you say, if you come home bringing gifts and then you realize well, he's not playing with the toy, why he not playing with it? Because mm-hmm. that ain't what he wanted. He may just want to go outside and play. His yeah. thing may be quality time. Yeah. Yes. Or he may want you to help him with something in his room and that was his sign. It didn't have to be that. Right. And the other thing about that, that love is the foundation of all is, so let's, let's, let's say that premise is true. Let, let's go with that. Let's say I believe fully in that. The most, the thing you have to do first that we always talk about is self-love. You have to love yourself first. So if I feel like, yeah, hey, absolutely. this this relationship, this interaction is toxic, but I'm going to stay around in it, am I loving me? Like, should, if love is the foundation, the foundation has to start with me loving myself and not putting me myself in bad situations or things that are draining me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you got to admit, you got to admit to yourself if the parent is draining you. Oh yeah. Cool. Yes. If it's your parent, if it's your brother, sister, like, I mean, you just have to be honest. Like, it doesn't have to be something rude. Like, you don't have to cut somebody out. You don't have to cut them out your life. But hey, right. you, hey, when I call, there's a time. I don't know if y'all know, but like, when you, when you call somebody, there's a timer. And you can look down at that timer while you're on a conversation and be like, oh, it's been 15 minutes. That's enough here. 
I can only take 15 minutes for you. Right. We're getting to that hey, time. I'm going to tell you, Melvin is the guru of talking to your parents and then getting them off the phone when they doing like going a little too far. Yeah. Melvin will be like, yeah, mom. So we, uh, yeah, we got it done. Da, 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 da. And once she starts saying something that's like, oh, hold on. He's like, all right, then, mom, we're going to holler at you tomorrow. Then. <laughs> <laughs> like, just, I was like, did you just hang up? And, like, it, uh-huh. and it's funny because I didn't, I didn't develop that until I got older. Um, because Sharon's absolutely right. When when my mama's talking, look, getting a little winded, I will just step in and and cut it off. <laughs> not and not to, not to say like I just can't stand it, but it's it's like all right, mama, you done did enough, and it's time for me to go, and I can't give you no more of the energy that I got right now. It, it it's over with. It is over mm-hmm. with. Yeah, cause you have to, cause you have to go back to like your wife and your child too after this interaction. Like if you if you're completely drained, now you have you have nothing to give. Sharon, you have nothing to give your daughter, like, and you got nothing for yourself. Like, say you have someone else to do, like, man, I don't really feel like going nowhere now, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I've given too much energy to this other thing or this other person, yeah. and now they feel good, but you feel drained, and you're like, I had plans, but I'm just gonna sit here and watch the game, even though ain't no game to watch. So. <laughs> <laughs> In reality, oh, now I'm gonna say this um, as we getting too close to the end um one thing in particular is that like we said we can see where some things are coming i uh, like an article i do believe that there is a foundation of love with some stuff i also think there's a foundation of fear with things which will be a whole nother podcast when you're talking about the foundation of fear especially with black children but um i can definitely say in my days of education i have seen where some parenting is just horrible like it's horrific that like you said, you shouldn't even have been a parent. Mm. And just recently, I had something happen where a um, student in college, like junior or senior in college, she was making a comment that her college experience has pretty much been library, dorm, just, you know, I'm doing my schoolwork. So I was like, yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. Her mom is in the comments like, that's because you don't know how to turn up. You don't, you don't never want to go to the club and go out nowhere. Um, ma'am, <laughs> like, is that... What, what you talking about? Yeah. And I mean, you literally see the dialogue between her and her mother, where her mother is pumping her up to go to out, go out yeah. and calling her lame. And that you, you lame. Had I been in college, but ma'am, did did you finish school? No, like, I was about to say that's part of the problem. You, <laughs> you, right? Her, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's so those are the moments where I have seen like firsthand where a kid just shrivel up, or they're embarrassed, or they feel bad, or they're trying to make the parent happy. But the parent is giving advice that's literally wrong. Mm-hmm. Wrong. And, and another example, just another example. Um, in earlier podcast, I talked about a student who had um, passed away because he got into an altercation, a shooting altercation, right? And so one of his relatives uh, was at, was a, was a, what's the word? Enrolled in the school at the time it happened, but he dropped out. Mm-hmm. So I've always been like, I really think he should have come back to school. I'm thinking that you, you dropped out because the situation, just too much to handle. It's kind of like uh, Waka Flocka. When my little brother died, I said F school. So mm-hmm. that's why I looked at it, right? But one girl told me like two years later, she said, Miss Dudes, he was never going to come back. I'm like, so I'm like, how you know? She said, because my mom told his dad, like he needs to come back to school, you know, so they can graduate together. And the dad said, I ain't graduate. He going to do what I do. Mm-hmm. And the dad sells drugs. So it makes, you know, perfectly good sense in his mind. Like, 
dad parent. We we eating, we breathing. So there are some parents who ab- absolutely when you are feeling like your your mom or dad might have been rough on you because your schoolwork or whatever, they could have been the complete opposite and doing things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely right. So on the earlier podcast that y'all had with the Reverend Dr. Goodman, who is dope, by the way, like if y'all don't, if you live in Augusta and don't check him out, at least want that tab, like, I don't know what you're doing. He, he, Absolutely. <laughs> right. he ain't living right. <laughs> <You know. laughs> he, he said something that really stuck with me when I listened to your, to your podcast with him. He said, culture is now inflicting wounds and we aren't telling people how to heal. And so I, I that made, the story you just told me made me think of that because the mom, she has her own wounds. Like, she's yeah. gone through something. Yeah. And now she's looking at her daughter and she's pushing her wounds down to her daughter. Like, her daughter want to study. Her daughter want to be smart. Like, ain't nothing yeah. wrong with that. Hey, guess what? College. Expensive. <laughs> like, expensive. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you better go learn something. Like, like very expensive. <laughs> like, it, there's a time. Every, everybody's, everybody's experience that's their experience. Like, if her daughter... Now, if her daughter's not happy with that, that's a conversation like, hey, maybe you should find some time to enjoy yourself while you're in college. You know, like, studying... There's only so much you can study. You know, like... Right. You know, but that's the thing. Like, we're always... we're all, Everybody's building up these wounds. No matter how great your life is, how bad your life is, everybody is getting punishment inflicted onto them because the world is harsh. It's hard. But if you're not actually looking into your, into your own soul, looking at how your energy is being spent looking at how things have affected you and not acknowledging them. That's something Eric Thomas. So I'm just going to keep quoting reverence until y'all, y'all kick me off a year. So Eric Thomas. <laughs> <y'all preacher>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I love him. I love his energy that he gives off. I love that what he yeah. does on YouTube. He talks about, you know, when he was living in abandoned buildings, like he had, he was angry with his parents and until he went and actually confronted that anger and talked to his parents, talked to his mom, talked to his his biological dad that was never in his life, like he was broken. And so we always think like, oh, I'm mad at my mom, I'm mad at my sister, I'm mad at this person, and we're waiting for them to come and apologize to us. What you waiting for somebody to come talk to you about your right. problems for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. your problems. Yeah, yeah. These are pain. Yep. These are wounds that you need to heal. So don't wait for somebody to come to you because, for all you know, I don't even know this happened. Like, you mad at me about something that happened 10 years ago. I don't even realize that it happened. You need to come talk to me. And I I had to do some of the same thing. Like, I mean, like I told you, I grew up, my mom was really hard. Like, she is a, she is a army sergeant for a reason. Like, she, she was made to be in the army. (laughs) And there were some things that she said and did that I had to go talk to her about. And I doesn't, I, I wrote this note down to make sure I said this. Your parents don't owe you an apology. But you you don't owe them an audience like you, but you owe them to yourself to go and say something. Like I didn't want my mom to apologize. I just wanted her to know like, Hey, you did this to me. This happened. Yes. And that's all you need. Once it got off my chest, I never thought about, I'm like, man, that really felt good to tell my mom. We didn't get to an argument. There wasn't a back and forth. She kind of understood. It created a moment of empathy for her. Like she was able to see, Oh, I did this. She sat in my shoes and she was like, Oh, I can see how you feel that way. Boom. We're good. Mm-hmm. We're good. Yeah. Mm. That's that's crazy. That is crazy. But it's helpful because it goes even beyond parents. That can go for any anything that you looking at ten years earlier that happened. If you didn't address it and then get over it for yourself, then what's the point? 
Yeah. You just holding on to bad energy just because. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's tearing you up. It ain't tearing the other person yep. up. It's affecting right. you. <laughs> right. Yep. Absolutely they right. Good to go. Absolutely right. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and tell you now. Um number one, I pray all of the sound comes out clear and that if people can hear this. <laughs> number one. <laughs> and number two, you have to come back on the podcast. Absolutely. Like there's so much more. <laughs> I mean, and, and we say that to different people, um, but like this, this is this is a lot. This is a lot, and, and it's crazy because I've told you before about a background in MBA and communications is so necessary in education of how we're communicating to our children or how we're communicating to each other. So yeah, you're gonna have to come back, and we're gonna have to laugh it up and do this all over again. <laughs> no, you know I love y'all, man. I really appreciate y'all letting me come on here and take up time on y'all podcast. And if the people want me back, I'll definitely come back. These these are conversations that me and Sharon have all the time. Like these are conversations that me and my friends, and I'm sure Melvin and his friends have all the time. Like these are just the conversations that we just have. And I was just like, just let me come on the podcast and just talk my talk my stuff now. Yeah, right. he literally yeah. was like, hey, let me come on and talk. And I was like, talk about what? He was like, I don't know. I, that's what you need to figure out. I just need to come on here and talk. Like, oh. Just give me the topic and let's roll with it. Right. And then, but then we'll mess around and basically like had a whole podcast yep. on the phone. Yep. And I'm like, bro, we should have recorded that. Now I don't know what to talk about. <laughs> but okay, before we get out of here, I got to do this. Um, I want to take a moment to do a special shout out for all our podcast supporters, um, Bowtie Planners, The Skin Society, Marietta Smile Gallery with Dr. Michael Thomas, Taste Buds, Nostalgia Clothing, and Distinctive Curations. Um, visit our webpage at www.thertieffect.com and click on podcast to visit our supporters section so that you can see who all are supporters of After School Talk. Um, make sure you click on each logo so that you can see their businesses and tell them that we sent you. Um, we want to thank Stephen for joining us today. Absolutely. Burr, 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 F-U-G. That's 706, not the other, not the other area code. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Augusta is greater. Uh, make sure y'all subscribe to the podcast. Give us five stars and follow us at After School Talks on Instagram. And Two Dukes Up on Twitter. Yes. And Dr. S. Dukes on Twitter. Absolutely. Peace.